This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Tuesday, April the 12th, 2016. Hey, good morning and welcome to the Patriot Radio News Hour. It's not Friday, it's not Thursday, heck, it's Tuesday, and I just decided to wander by. And uh, Joe was graceful enough to allow me into your lives and open up the show. You're listening to the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. Legal, lawful, constitutional tender, things that your grandmother told you that you should have. If you don't know what that is, you can go to allamericangold.com, and you can look it up. You can find just about anything you need on that site, even pricing, and you can order without talking to a single soul. But if you need a little guidance, or if you're lonely, or stuck to a water pipe somewhere in the great northwest on a nice cold night, then you can call one 800 951 Lovely Wendy's out front. Homer's in the back. Joe's sitting in front of me, and I'm Eric Cedarstrom, former CEO, shipping clerk, janitor on this beautiful beautiful tuesday morning and i hope this finds you well joe thanks for letting me open it now i gotta go just kidding <laughs> i just walked by you know homer's busy everybody's busy you know i you know i, I hang around in the back how are you doing this morning yeah, you know what i never know what you're doing that's good that's the way i like it right i don't know if you're coming going here not here the government doesn't know <laughs> Like you said, you're working way harder now. I know. I can't believe it. I mean, my wife, she gets up at like 4. She's one of those early well, she let, people, So She's better than you. Oh, I know. Yeah. So, my wife's better than me. I know. That's well, why we're here. Behind every successful man is a woman who's really mean. <laughs> <laughs> we should have wrote that. So 1-800-951-0592 is the business line. We live in amazing times. I wanted to come on the air today, and uh, I got some texts and still have a lot of contact with friends that I made in two decades of uh, marketing and being on the air at uh, KHNC 1360 up in Johnstown, Colorado, on the front range. And um, the disenfranchised Republicans in Colorado, I mean, it really is amazing what's happening in this country. I, I have to tell you that that uh, I've never seen anything like it, and I don't think anyone could forecast or hypothecate what we're seeing today. And as to how rigged everything that we have seen up to this point really is, is starting to come to light, isn't it? It's so, really amazing. It's so bad that they just decide, they just canceled the, the primary in Colorado. Right. They canceled cruise wins. No voting. It is amazing. I mean... And, of course, they brought out the litany of, you know, quote-unquote conservatives to right. explain it. Yes, we have rules that allow us to do this. We've never actually used any of them, but, of course, we just changed them to allow us to do this. But still, rules are rules. Joe and I were talking for the show and wondered if, if you know, if Trump would have a hard time winning Colorado. My, my thought was, and I said this to Eric, that, you know, I kind of really didn't think he would win Colorado. But now that they've done this, you brought up the great point. Now he's winning a landslide. He would now. They actually right. helped him. Right. You know? It's the same theory as turning on Fox and every other word is Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I mean, why even have a campaign manager? Just let Fox do it for you. <laughs> so the more that they badmouth them and the more, you know, that they uh, continually tell us not to 
The only reason I want to support Trump, if if not for any other reason, is because the mainstream media hates him. <laughs> and the conserv- quote-unquote conservative media hates him. Everybody hates him. Well, not if you're for America. Except for the people. Yeah, the people that, you know, well, you know, maybe I think we should have our jobs back that we gave away here in, in Schenectady. Since 1960, New York has lost four out of every five manufacturing jobs are gone. Gone. Now, Wall Street is in New York, in case you people haven't looked. Okay. <laughs> Who do you think orchestrated that deal? I mean, here you're supposed to have these captains of industries and the moguls. I mean, this is right the this is the heart of it. This is where it's happened, and it all left. And, and you know what's funny is they've tried to convince us that this was a great thing for America, right? Right. Let's get rid of all the jobs. Let's run huge trade deficits. Let's let everybody in, and then let them come to work, and then wire the money out of the country. What a great economic plan! Remember on CNBC. Oh, no, we don't want to be saddled with manufacturing. We don't want those jobs. They use the word saddled. Yes, this company <laughs> this company is saddled with manufacturing jobs. It's terrible. Well, then all the manufacturing jobs became construction jobs. I mean, that's where they all went, and that was fine. You know, that was the last of the manufacturing jobs was framing and, you know, the, the trades. And now, I mean, that's just been decimated. We're still only... I mean, are we a third of where we were at the height of the real well, the estate market? Forget about it. We're 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 trying to. We're about half of where we are during normal times. I'd like to see the gross domestic product. That's GDP. how I learned. You know, the, that uh, used to be important. Apparently, no longer. Right. You know, they don't. I'd like to see what it was when it, if they went back and when it was the gross national product. Remember that? <laughs> That's how I learned it in school. The gross national product, and and the way that they. Uh, the way that they contrived their uh, numerical uh, sum of summaries and the way they did it now, I mean, really, where would we be today? What percentage of our factories are gone? Well, I think you hit it on the head. Four out of five sounds yeah, about right. Yeah, four out of five. So, yeah. So I mean, it, 80%. It, 80% is gone. And this so. isn't a commercial for Denti. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Four out of five companies decided we really don't want any employees that speak English. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. You know, the English-speaking employee wants to, you know, they got children, and their kids want to go to college and not be saddled with, you know, a quarter million dollars. Right, they want to have a house and a car, maybe, you know, heaven forbid they may want two cars. Yes, never get a student loan, ever. Put it on a credit card. Then when you're done, you can go, uh, no thanks. This is the expert advice from Eric Cedarstrom. That's right. Because you can walk away from the credit card debt. I mean, when you really think about it, how much trouble are we really in? Colorado cancels the primary and decides to award their delegates to Ted Cruz without the people of Colorado having a say. And really, ultimately, they already know. I'm convinced of it. I think no matter how much I think we're forward-thinking, no matter how much that I tell everybody, when you're, when you're looking at getting hard assets, you're not 
looking at what's going to happen today or tomorrow. Right? We're looking, what, what, what is this country going to look like in five years? What's it going to look like in ten years? Think about if you had asked yourself that ten years ago. Right? You look at 2006, Wall Street still hadn't hit the, the, the highs at 14,000 and change yet. They were still rallying. Ben Bernanke and the Federal Reserve were raising rates and talking about raising rates. And Eric and I were doing this show together, telling all of you that the biggest housing collapse the world has ever seen was upon us. And now here I sit, and I'm telling you the biggest debt crisis the world has ever seen is upon us. And unfortunately, these people knew this way before we did way before I was talking about it. You know, whoever the next president of the United States is going to be, they've already known it to be so, and they're going to make it so. Right? And I I don't know if Donald Trump is a surprise to all of them, or if he was actually just part of the plan. Right? I don't know. I mean, why would you cancel the primary? Let's face it, they've already proven it really doesn't matter who wins the primary. We can take the votes away, and we're just vote for who we want anyway. Right? There is no choice. And there hasn't been a choice in this country for a long time. And And I'm going to tell you that there isn't going to be a choice in this election either. The choices have already been made. And the only real question that really truly remains is what are you going to do about it? Are you going to prepare for the course that they've set us upon, or are you not? I mean, really, those are the only two choices that you have. You know, look at look at what they've done. Let's just take a look, and then you tell me whether or not you need to prepare. By the way, and we'll get to it, but the Italian banks, we talked about that yesterday, they, they, they closed them down. They traded down lock limit today. But Wall Street's up 150 points because crude oil's up a dollar. You go figure it out. So we talk about, you know, Eric and I were talking about jobs, right? And they were out there, and the powers that be, and the media, and all of them were telling, we don't want those jobs. We're Americans, by God. The poorest 40% of Americans, (laughs) just 40% of the country, now spends more than 50% of their income on shelter and food. Over 
50% of their income. We're almost a half of the population. And we, you know what, let's just say, let's say so we're probably really there because, you know, a few people always want to lie about their situation a little bit. It's kind of always the same way, too. It's like uh, like high school football and basketball teams. Everybody grew two inches and is 15 or 20 pounds heavier. Housing and food. Over half of the income for half of the country goes to just those two things. For Americans that don't own a home, 50% of them spend more than a third of their income just on rent. How about this one? You know, this is something I haven't thought about in a long time. Price of school lunches has risen to the $3 mark. I, I, you know what? I, I don't know. My kids don't buy school lunch, but uh, over 3 bucks. The McDonald's dollar menu now has items that cost as much as 5 bucks. In 1986, Child care expenses for families with employed mothers used up 6% of income. It's now approaching 7.5%. How about this one? You think we don't want these jobs? Income fell for the bottom 80% of all income workers in the United States for the 12 months that comprised 2014. By the way, coincidentally, you know, Wall Street had a big rally that year. 50%, more than 50% of all American workers make less than $30,000. Says that adjusted for inflation, household incomes have fallen by more than $5,000 per family since 2007. And you sit there and you start to think to yourself, there is no choice. Everything that's going to happen, everything that's been happening, has already been laid out. We talked yesterday about how we were thinking too small when we talked about the Amero. And and we, we saw and we heard from the Chinese that said they're now going to issue the SDR bonds, which is the drawing rights of the IMF. In lieu of issuing bonds in dollars or euros, they'll still do still do renminbi bonds, but they're also going to do SDR bonds. And they they said, "Hey, listen, this shouldn't be news." There was a G20 meeting in 2009. We all discussed it. We're just now getting started on. It. You know, I one of the things that. I don't think a lot of people know, and uh, the Wall Street Journal actually wrote an article uh, 
about uh, Ben Bernanke's former right-hand man at the Federal Reserve, uh, a- Andrew Levin. By the way, he's a uh, economist out of Dartmouth. And he was talking about how the Federal Reserve needs to be overhauled. And he said that uh, a lot of people would be stunned to know the extent to which the Federal Reserve is privately owned. Now, of course, I've known this, and we probably haven't spent enough time educating everybody upon this, but the Federal Reserve is not a government entity. The Federal Reserve is not owned by the taxpayers. Matter of fact, the Federal Reserve really doesn't care about the taxpayer. They say they do, but they really don't. They're not owned by them. They don't report to them. Levin would love for the Federal Reserve to be a public institution, like all the other central banks around the world, well, I guess in the developed world. He said what America doesn't know is that not only is the Federal Reserve a private institution, but it is owned, the 12 Federal Reserve banks are actually owned by the banks in their prospective districts. Now, you go back to 1913, and there wasn't a... J.P. Morgan Chase in New York and Cleveland and Dallas and Chicago and California. You didn't really have that. Matter of fact, maybe in the 80s you had some region, you had regional banks, but we really didn't have banks that went from coast to coast and were in every state, and we certainly didn't have these world-type banks that we have today. And so what Levin is saying is, hey, by the way, the same guys that own the shares in the New York Federal Reserve, own the shares in the Minneapolis Federal Reserve, and own the shares in the St. Louis Federal Reserve, and the San Francisco Federal Reserve, and essentially... What all of you need to understand is the Central Bank of the United States is owned by the banks themselves. And of course, through their great wisdom, you know, just just think back. You know, we, we did uh, story time with G. Edward Griffin. Right, the creature from Jekyll Island and the real reasons why they wanted to create the central bank in the first place. It had nothing to do with bank runs. It had nothing to do with providing a more fiscally sound banking system in the United States. It really had everything to do with control and power. 
Because you see, those bigger banks, those New York banks, those East Coast banks, were losing their power. They were losing their depositors as the country grew and headed west. And they wanted to ensure that they continued to control the money. And this is how we got the Federal Reserve. And 20 years after, the Federal Reserve shut it all down. Didn't allow for thousands and thousands of banks to reopen after they closed them all. Put all those deposits back into their, their, the hands of their buddies. And now you fast forward, and they decided that they wanted even more power. They wanted even more control, and they rewrote all the laws that allowed for all of these banks to start getting gobbled up. And we got the era of the super banks. Patriot Radio News Hour, halftime on a Tuesday. We'll be back after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Talking about uh, Andrew Levin, the former right hand man of Ben Bernanke, trying to wrest control of our financial system from the central planners that reside in our central bank which are privately held. And you can guess who the share. Here's the funny thing. They won't even tell us what banks own what. I mean, we do know this. We know Goldman's got to own a huge piece. We know Morgan owns a huge piece. Because if you don't work for one of those two guys, you don't work there. Unless you're in academia. And you sit there, and most people, you know what, they never talk about it, right? They want you to go on believing that they're an independent entity, but yet they're owned by the banks that allegedly they're trying to help us protect us from, right? You know, when we sit there and you think about how, why they bail them out, why did they do quantitative easing, why are they buying all the bad debts that the banks made, why did they support Hank Paulson when he told us we had to bail them out and all this stuff, now you know. Kind of like the old, what, the wolf guarding the hen house. And this is why when I tell you when Janet Yellen talks, She's not talking to you. She doesn't care about you. She cares about her shareholders. Right? She cares about what Goldman Sachs has to say and what J.P. Morgan has to say. And all of these people, you know, this is what they always think. Right? You look at history, right? They always think, well, if I just had more power, we'd be able to fix this thing. 
If I had more power, we could get to where we want to go. And you sit there, and this is why I said we're so far behind. Listen, no, no primary in Colorado part of the plan? Probably, right? That can't make people in Colorado feel very good. It shouldn't make anybody in this country feel good to realize how powerless we really are. And then you sit there and you find out, hey, the the leading financier of the world, which is privately owned by the banks that make up their prospective Fed districts, only to realize, let's, let's face it, it's the same banks in the same district. So essentially, power has been consolidated. A small handful, and handful may be too kind of a word, probably not even that many. And it's the easiest way, right, to get to their agenda. Because they have all the power. And the funny thing is, is most of us didn't even know what happened. And the media is not going to tell us. Who in their right mind, right, you think that you, you draw, draw up this plan. And, and you essentially say that we're going to set up this private institution that's owned by the banks, and, and we're going to determine banking regulation and interest rates and all of this other stuff, and you would be like, that's crazy. That makes no sense. But yet, here it is. Here it is exactly what they've done they just don't want anybody to know about it and anybody that wants to shed light anybody that wants to shine the light into the darkness if the same thing happens wacko idiot doesn't know what he's talking about, right? And they just pile it on and pile it on and pile it on. And until they eventually get what? Oh, that guy's right. He, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a conspirator, right? He, he's a right-wing wacko. And we sit here and we start watching all of these events playing out. The world drowning in debt and we look at what happened last night as the Italian banks they had their emergency meeting they've got 360 billion dollars worth of bad debt <laughs> it's amazing numbers just roll off your tongue 360 billion and we laugh like that you know, that's not a huge amount it's not a trillion right? it's nothing close to what we've got but for a country with the economy the size of Italy, it's an unpayable sum. And they couldn't figure out a plan. The best thing they could come up with 
is they tried to gather all the banks and all the hedge funds, all the power brokers that the Italians could muster. So think about here. You have a big meeting, and it had been J.P. Morgan and Citi and B of A and Wells Fargo. They would add Goldman there, and Merrill Lynch would be there. They'd have BlackRock and Blackstone. They'd dust off Warren Buffett, right? They'd have a big meeting. That's what the Italians did yesterday with their whoever the people are there. You know how much, after looking at the debts that these banks held, you know how much they said they'd buy? Distressed tranches. Five billion for three hundred. They had three hundred and sixty billion dollars of bad loans, and they looked at it all. They looked under the hood. They checked it out. They're like, "Well, we'll do like five billion." Today, the Italian banks are down lock limit. Then you then you sit here and you think about uh, what came out of Oliver Blanchard last night. For those of you that don't know him, he used to be the head of the IMF. And he said that Japan is heading for a full-blown solvency crisis as the country runs out of local investors and will ultimately be forced to inflate away its debt in a desperate endgame of what was once one of the world's most influential countries. We're going to talk about that next. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Let me explain it to you very simply. The banks have set up an incredible system of deceit. Right now, the United States Central Bank, the one that says they're an independent, <laughs> independent from the actual U.S. banks that actually own them, hold 20% of our, of our national debt. 20. Just monetized. England, their central bank owns 26% of theirs. The ECB, 30%. The Japanese, 36%. And oh, by the way, by 2017, the Japanese Central Bank will hold 50% of the debt of, of the whole country with no end in sight. And now, one of the world's most renowned economists, because you don't get to be the chief economist for the IMF unless you're brilliant, came out and wrote an article saying that Japan, within the next, you guessed it, what I've been telling you, five to ten years, is going to go from the deflationary cycle that sits here today zero 
negative rates. They're going to run out of people willing to lend it money. And they could say rates are negative 2, negative 3, negative 4, negative 5%, but no one will loan it to them. And in order to get the money, going right back to Economics 101, hyperinflation is going to come back. Because as you sit there and you logically think about this, here's what he said. Right now, the Japanese don't even want to buy their own bonds, right? I mean, who in the right mind? would lend money to the Japanese government and then pay for the privilege to, for them to borrow it from you. That's why there's central banks buying it all. And they're going to run out of borrowers. And eventually, they're going to say, we need money. And they're going to pay Whatever it is, people will say that they're going to pay, whether it be 3, 4, 5, 10, 15, 20%. And this is what the whole world faces. You know, you sit there and you think about how we're negative in Japan, we're negative in Europe, and how the central banks are just buying up all the debt everywhere. We're at a quarter of a point, let's face it. Right? The economy, one of the Fed governors was out today, ah, we're probably not even going to grow at 2% this year. And really, the numbers that they're giving us, let's face it, are more fiction than fact. But we're really, we're next. We're next. Interest rates aren't going back to four or five. They're going to go zero and negative. And then they're going to go to four, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, right? Unless they come up with what? The reset plan. And this is really what I think it is. And, and and who knows? My guess is they've already got it all planned out. And I'm just trying to, to figure out what the real plan is. But here's what I know. They're going to reset the world. They're going to reset the debt. They're going to reset what the money is. And they're going to do it through confiscation, taxation, and what other Asians they can come up with. Because here's really the the really I guess the wisdom and what it is that they did is they took it global, right? They didn't want to just dominate America. That wasn't enough. Right? They want to dominate the world. And quite honestly, you know, when you look at what happened in Colorado, canceling a primary election, just another step. 
You know, we we like to pretend about how free we are, right? About liberty and justice. And really what we found out is, uh, I guess we didn't read the fine print, right? <laughs> right? Just like all the all the deals that I tell you about, you know, the mutual funds and, and all of the annuities and all, there's always the fine print. And essentially what the fine print really says is, we're going to do what we want, when we want, and we'll take what we want when we want to. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment on a Tuesday. When a man could still work, still would. Final segment on a Tuesday. Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. And just a reminder, this isn't a message to scare. This is a message of getting ready and being able to prosper. Because it sure looks like, no matter where you turn, the debt bubble is upon us. They don't want to tell you about it. They don't want you to think about it. Matter of fact, nobody even likes to talk about it anymore. But just to put it in perspective, in the last seven years, do you know that the world's debt has grown by $58 trillion? That's fact. And that's probably understating it just a little bit. So what, we can get 1% growth? Right, Japan can't get any growth. <laughs> and you think somehow it's going to all work out okay? It's going to work out. It absolutely will. You just need to decide what side of the equation do you want to be on when it all gets worked out. The ones in front are the ones in, that are left behind. Today's special. It's another one just really having some good luck and, and getting some materials that have become very hard to get. Uh, yesterday we ran the $2.5 Indian. And we sold out of those. Today, I've got 35 $5 Indians. Now, they're $440, but today I'm going to run them on, on special at $425. I've only got 35 These That's the male Indian. Right, the same as the two and a half, which is also a male Indian. Uh, it's the infused design where they actually engraved into the coin. Matter of fact, it's the only coin, the two and a half and the five dollar Indian, that the United States ever did that. Uh, they're four hundred and twenty five 
dollars, and I only have 35 of them at 800 951 Gold's unchanged at $1,258 this morning uh, because the Japanese yen actually got weaker after the IMF said, hey, there's big trouble coming. Uh, silver, I told you, you want to get in. Silver's up another 20 cents, $16.17 this morning. Uh, Don't forget the Patriot Preferred Metals Program. Sign up. Start putting some products away. Patriot Radio News Hour, 800-951-0592. Homer will be back tomorrow for a hump day. Everybody take care. Have a great day.